Welcome back to episode 18 of the Mass Business Podcast. My name is Matt Ward. I'm your host. I'm so excited to bring you today's guest. Today's guest is Roger Michelson of BMN, BNMC. He's the CEO of that company, an information technology managed service provider dedicated to offering full service outsourcing of server, desktop, network management, and support for small business and medium-sized businesses. He's a dad of two girls, loves the beach and boating, and he's been a friend of mine for over a decade. I'm so excited to bring you my friend to episode 18, Roger Michelson. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Mass Business Podcast, where small business owners, also known as risk takers, share their stories about the growth of their business and themselves. Our interviews and our content is focused on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. I say it all the time, and I'll say it again today, you never know where your next referral will come from. Hey, there you go. What's going on, Roger? How are you? Good, good. Thanks for uh, inviting me to the podcast. I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so excited to have you on. You know, we've been friends for so long. Mm-hmm. I know what you do. Uh, I've done business with you before myself. Uh, but tell our listening audience on their favorite podcast platform and our viewers on YouTube, um, just in short, under 30 seconds or so, what it is BNMC does. Sure. So BNMC is what's called a managed service provider, MSP. And what MSPs do is that they act as the IT department for small businesses. So for a company that can't really uh, afford to hire their own IT staff or IT department, they can outsource their entire IT department to an MSP like BNMC. And we manage everything from help desk support to technology and act even as their virtual CIO to the business owners. Right. And so to some of you small businesses, you might be thinking of virtual CIO. You're like laughing right now. But the reality is, is, is MSPs in general provide tech support. Just call it that. They provide computer tech support to small and medium-sized businesses. And, and when you need, <laughs> often in terms of just solopreneurs and entrepreneurs, when you need a computer guy, MSPs can be your computer guy, right? Um, many MSPs grow from a sole proprietor type standard to grow. Now, talk a little bit about your growth. When did you start, Roger? When did BNMC um, start in business? Sure. So my business partner uh, and the founder, Eric Brady, started back in 1991, exactly mm-hmm. that, as a sole proprietor, as that one-man shop. And he, you know, started growing the business as a consulting, you know, practice. And that's how a lot of MSPs started years ago. I joined him in 2007 and we really solidified the business as a managed service provider, sort of moved from that consulting or what we called break fix, where mm-hmm. you're just calling your IT guy to fix things to become a much more strategic um, company for our, our customers. Right. And so over the years, you know, you, you've you've grown and been an integral part in growing this business. I've watched you grow. In fact, we met 
through a mutual friend, business coach, and then we're involved in a CEO peer group together. So I know like when I, when I had the web design agency, that's when I was in that peer group. And I know that you very much believe in that. Um, You know, how much has a CEO peer group or even just business groups like that helped you grow your business? Well, it's, it's been huge to, to, I mean, first off networking and referrals are the number one way to, to get business in, in a lot of small businesses, but especially in MSPs, because when we're your IT department, um, trust is a huge issue. You have to mm. trust your MSP. You're basically giving us the keys of your kingdom to support your data and your, um, and so the easiest way to get new customers is through referrals and referrals from a trusted source is huge. But not only that, Matt, um, I find that, you know, we all have challenges in businesses. Mm-hmm. And when you have a sounding board, when you have other CEOs or other peers that you can talk to, and you and I have done this for years, just going over our challenges and trying to find solutions together, that's huge. And, and we can all work together on that. It's like Jim Rohn said, right? That you're, you are the equal of the five people that surround you, right? You're the average of the five people that surround you. And so if you surround yourself with people who are driven in business to grow, they're looking for solutions to the problems. And most people, funny enough, I wrote about this in my new book, Roger, that most people think that they are the only one with the problem. And they also think that that the only other person who might have the problem is the person in their industry that does what they do. And that's not true, right? I mean, we, we all have sales problems. We all have management problems. We all have cash flow problems. We all have bank problems and finance problems. We all have building issues. We all have staffing issues. They're often solved in similar ways in different organizations or different industries. And um, being around people that have similar problems helps you solve your similar problems. Well, not only that, Matt, we all went through the COVID-19 pandemic. In fact, we're still living it today. No, right? wait. You mean to tell me it wasn't just you that went through the no, COVID-19 no, pandemic? No, why? And though different industries had different challenges, and IT actually, you know, was uh, had to go into high gear, basically, we're now dealing not just with the pandemic, but huge cybersecurity issues that are in the news. Everybody's reading about it and it affects every single business. So, yeah, just trying to get through some of these challenges and talking to other CEOs and from my standpoint, other MSPs on how we how we you know deal with some of these. How, so 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 you're of the mindset that you should not only just talk to other CEOs in other industries, but also be involved. Aren't you involved in some sort of peer group in your own uh, industry sector? Absolutely. So I'm involved in a couple peer groups, but um, I'm involved in a peer group that's just CEOs of other MSPs. So we're all IT all the time and we talk geek speak. So but we really are dealing with the same challenges every business is dealing with hiring qualified people. It's hard to find, you know, good people increasing and growing our business and sales. and and really meeting our KBIs and our metrics and being more profitable. I mean, it's the same thing that every business owner is dealing with. Just in our industry, we can really focus and drive right down into those KBIs that we look at that maybe not all, you know. Why don't uh, you de- de- define for the audience what you define as a KBI? 
So a key business indicator, basically, KBI in my industry has things to do like reactive hours per endpoint per month from a, a help desk service ticket, right? So that's like very specific. If I want to get my business more efficient and my help desk and technical support engineers more efficient, I need to drive that time per uh, ticket down. You know, that's something that's very MSP mm -hmm. focus. But mm -hmm. I have other ones like percentage of profitability, percentage of services versus uh, hardware and software. Yeah, and I mean, key performance. And, and, and a lot of people have. Roger calls them KBIs. I've heard them called KPIs, right? Key performance indicators. It doesn't matter. But it's like what you what you what matters is what you measure, so to speak. I think there's a book on that. But um, consistently, you know, I, I always look at things like from a networking and referral perspective, you want more referrals, right? You track the one-to-ones you're doing. How many one-to-ones are you doing to get more referrals? How, how are you learning about other people's business? How do you get the one-to-ones? You go to networking groups and networking events and, and business events. And so you track how many business events you're doing. So you're basically just tracking two metrics there that will help you produce referrals, right? And you don't, you don't start tracking 10 or 12 different KPIs or KBIs. You track one or two and you grow from there. You know, you, you start to modify the different indicators that you want to track because sometimes they don't tell you the real story, right? Because exactly. they could be, they're, they're what we call lagging indicators. So if you track sales numbers or profit, that's a lagging indicator because lagging indicators are results that happen after the work or the thing is done. A leading indicator for sales might be the number of phone calls you're receiving. Because it's pre-sale, right? And so a leading indicator, you know, tracking the number of referrals you get is a post indicator. A leading indicator might be the number of networking events you go to and networking one-to-ones you go to. And we call them smart numbers also because really it's kind of a silly term, but it's it's only a certain amount of numbers that are really helping you focus your business. You should think of it like setting a scorecard and keeping the scorecard going. We follow um, the Entrepreneur Operating System EOS. EOS, yeah. And, and Traction. And so that, hold on, let me stop you right there. That's a great book um, that I that we will list in the show notes. It's called Traction by Gino Wickman. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's it's an EOS system. It's a system by which you can run your business. You can do this if you're a one-person company. Yeah. Um, it's a very uh, great system. And there are, in fact, consultants in the world that are EOS implementers that actually help companies implement this if you don't want to do it yourself. But what it really does is get you focused in on the right things. So I want to make sure the audience knows and understands what what EOS is and how it can actually change your business. Kind of like the stuff I've talked about before with Mike Michalowicz's Profit First, right? Absolutely. It's a system and it sometimes you need help getting the system installed. Sometimes you don't. I implement a Profit First on my own. I'm if I did EOS, I wouldn't implement it on my own. I would just I would just have somebody help me implement it. So, um, how has EOS in general helped you grow your business? Well, it's been it's been excellent. It's it's really a framework, and it's not the only framework out there. There's a bunch of them that you can look. But EOS is is a is a popular framework that allows us to structure our meetings, um, understand how our staff staffing is, and when we should um, keep staff and when we should let them go and are they the right staff, you know, for us. 
Um, and, you know, it really um, focuses on things like scorecards and managing your business to grow your business, to gain traction. And, you know, it's it's been in instrumental in allowing us to kind of focus on, on what we should be working on in the business to grow it. Uh, for example, the uh, basis of it is a vision traction organizer or VTO, but it helped us, you know, we, we stepped back when we started EOS and said, what is our vision for the company? What do we want to do? Um, what is our core values of the company and how do we go to the next level? And then every year we set annual goals for the year, but we break that down into quarters and say, what are we going to get done that quarter? And we call that rocks that's in the in the traction world. Um, it's rocks, basically. But those are things that we need to get done to make it to the next level and allows us to get that annual uh, the annual numbers, annual targets that we're going for financially and growth wise, as well as a three year and a 10 year plan. Yeah. So. As you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube viewing it, make sure you add in the comments, right? Whether it be on social or on YouTube, what are you doing to track the things that you're doing? Are you using the US system? Are you using some other system we're not talking about? Uh, how are you staying on track with your business and organizing it in a way that, that makes sense for you? And share that because that's what this podcast is really all about. It's like, what can other people learn from the guests that we have on the show and how they run their business? Roger, I know that over the years you, you've, you know, you, you've done a great job, right? You built a great business, millions, millions of dollars in revenue or whatever it is. Um, I've always looked up to you as a, as a business owner, somebody that has, has consistently driven forward. Um, what do you think some of the, the keys are behind that? So I think one thing is is business planning is really important. And it kind of goes back to what we were, were saying. If, if you don't have a, a, a plan in place and you break down what your goals are for the year and you break it into small chunks so that you can get um, something done every month. OK, so, for example, let's say that you want to grow the business by an additional fifty thousand dollars or one hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars this year. Well, that might seem a big number for a small business person. But if you break it down into smaller chunks so that every month, you know, you have to get just 10 grand mm -hmm. new business or in our case, you know, one to three new customers, mm -hmm. um, then you can focus that plan on how many dials, how many referrals, how many calls you have to make to bring in one to three new customers. Right. And it's you you can't set a humongous goal and then just throw darts and hope you're going to hit it. It doesn't work that way. So, yeah, so what you do is you set the goal, then you break it down into a smaller chunk goal, and then you break that down into action steps to achieve that goal. Yes, exactly. So for example, if you want one to three new customers this month, what do you have to achieve? You know, what do you have to get done to, to do that? And how many leads do you need? How many referrals do you need? Uh -huh. um, and, and how, and how do you, you know, work, work, through that basically mm -hmm. so you're so busy you're even getting calls during the podcast yeah that's my customers calling to, to talk about uh <laughs> to, to buy more stuff to meet your goals <laughs> that's awesome so um what are the what do you think the biggest challenge i mean look you're a successful business there's no there's no uh there's 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 no debating that uh, i've seen you grow over the years but successful businesses have challenges too 
Yes. What do you think your biggest challenge is in your business right now? So I, I think our, our biggest challenge right now is staffing and getting the, the right qualified staff and, and employees. In our business, um, you know, our employees are everything, basically. The difference between us and our competitors is only our employees. We all have the same tools. Mm-hmm. We're all the same technology. We all use Microsoft Office 365 or Google mm-hmm. Email or, you know, the, the difference between us is the people. And, um, you know, it's 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 difficult to find really, really good people. I think that's a difficult thing for a lot of businesses. I've talked to a lot of CEOs. Um, and, of course, we're seeing this after the pandemic across all industries, right? Even going out to restaurants or mm-hmm. Home Depot or Lowe's or you know, supermarkets are all challenged with that, um, you know, and so, you know, we, we think that um, we're, we're in a good situation, um, but, um, but we recently had to hire new engineers to replace ones that either weren't working out or left. Um, and, um, and that's been a challenge. Um, I think also, um, I appreciate you, you know, your comments on, on our growth, but I'm not, we're not done yet. We have a lot, mm. we have a lot of goals. We, we want to grow the business to three, times the size that we are now over the next three to five years. And so sales is, and marketing are, you know, and bringing new business in is, is a continued challenge. Mm. And you obviously have to balance that, right? Because we have challenges here. We still have operations. We have staff. Like you have to, you're weighing what to deal with. Are you, are you finding ways to, to outsource to pe- other people and things to try and get your, cause I would imagine your time is stretched thin, right? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we've had to do um, as we've grown is, is when you're small, you wear many, many hats as the owners. Um, so, for example, we're still relatively a, an owner-run sales you know, organization. We're trying to get out of that mode because as, as the CEO and, and owner, I can't sell and manage operations and manage customers and wear 18 hats basically so as you grow what we've been doing is 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 outsourcing things like marketing you know so we we have an organization that we work with that helps us with our marketing we do some of our own marketing house but we've leveraged them um we're looking to hire salespeople that um can complement what we've already built in our model um and you know it's the same thing with administration or accounting or um you know and operations we've we've brought some additional staff in to help out but we've also outsourced to to organizations that can help how do you continue to to grow your personal knowledge and education in the in the world of business i mean obviously you're probably staying in touch with the things that are happening in your industry, but what about business in general? Is it generally through the CEO groups or what other tools do you use? So I I tend to try to go to one or two industry conferences a year. Um, And the, in in our industry, um, like a lot, like a lot of industries, the conferences are other business owners and the vendors that are supporting that industry. So there's no customers there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really a time that, we can step away from the business. So it's usually at another location. You have to get in the plane and fly. So you get out of the office and you really focus on um, either business or in our case, technology updates on 
And, and there's a ton of networking and we talk to other business owners and we talk about our challenges and we talk to industry experts and coaches that are at these conferences too. Um, and we hear from speakers like you, Matt, mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who give us advice on how to get more referrals. So I actually find that, I mean, I, you know, there's so many conferences I could go to one every other week in our industry. Right. Um, so you have to balance your time to that, but I find those very valuable in helping us grow our business. And I've made some lifelong connections and, and friends at those conferences too, that I still keep in touch with, even though they're my competitors, they're also friends and they're also peers. basically. Yeah. But you're learning so much from them, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll, we'll connect basically, um, you know, for example, I, I, I got a good friend in, in Los Angeles that I met at a conference 10, 15 years ago. He's a MSP owner. He and I talk, uh, you know, a couple times a year and we see it, each other at the conferences. And when I went out to L.A., I met up with him and his business partner and we sat and talked business, you know, and how are you doing? And, and it was great. You know, good experience. Mm-hmm. What. What do you as you look back on the growth of your company? What one thing do you know now that you wish you knew back then? One, there's like (laughs) (laughs) the amount of mistakes that I've made over the years, you know, has been huge. Um, I would say, um, you know, I I wish that um, I I did certain things um, from a from a networking standpoint and a sales standpoint earlier. and uh, it's it's difficult because you you know you can't grow too fast. You know one of the things that we did is we've pretty much bootstrapped this company. We didn't go out and get venture capital or um, additional financing. And there's nothing wrong with that model, by the way. I mean, if you want to go out and get financing and try to grow faster, there are pros and cons with that. You know, we we worked with some banks to get some financing for hardware and offices and things like that, but. Um, but I wish I really got involved in the in the peer groups and the and the CEO groups a lot faster, um, because those have really helped accelerate you know our our growth and solving some of our business problems, and getting us through some of the difficult times as well. Mm. What um, what are some of books that that you can recommend? Business strategy books that you recommend for other small business owners to read or get their hands on. We talked about traction a minute ago. What other books do you think would be game changers for small business and solo entrepreneurs? Um, Oh, there's a lot of them, you know, traction was definitely one. And I think you mentioned, um, you know, uh, profit first and it has a bunch of books that, that are all very helpful. The one I just finished reading was called the big leap. And um, it's, it's an excellent book. It's, it's actually much more, it's part business and part personal. It's about getting yourself to, to the zone of, of excellence, basically. And mm-hmm. a lot of us are, are you know, we work really hard um, mm-hmm. in our uh, business life and our personal life. But a lot of times we get stuck, basically, in the current zone that we're in. And, and getting to that next zone, it's... It's, it's a fascinating book. It's an easy read. I highly recommend it. It's called The Big Leap. That's great. Let's talk about software for a second. Um, I know that in your industry, you know, there's, there's MSP-specific software. But excluding that for now, what software tool would you recommend to small business owners that, that has changed the game for you? Is it Maybe it's a hack. Maybe it's a, 
maybe it's a, a, a tiny piece of software, or maybe it's a full suite of software. What what software do you think would work for small business owners to, sure, to help so, them grow? I, I, so there's a buzzword that's out there in our industry that's called digital transformation. But basically what that means is it's leveraging a lot of the tools that come with Microsoft Office 365. So most people, when they think Office 365, they think email, maybe OneDrive, a place to store your files. But really where the magic is in Office 365 is with Teams and Power BI and some of the additional tool sets that you get. So um, I would highly recommend Teams. So Teams is not just a video conferencing tool like Zoom, okay? That's how people were introduced to Teams, especially mm -hmm. uh, through the... Um, um, in pandemic. pandemic when everybody's yeah. working remote still teams has a lot more to do with collaboration and working together and sharing data um, among both uh, your business your employees your staff your customers your vendors everybody can work together on teams and so video conferencing is one chatting is one you can post files there leverages the whole end, uh, strength of SharePoint basically as its back end. And, um, and it's really where Microsoft is putting all their development. Power BI is business intelligence, okay? It takes teams to the next level and, and takes things like the scorecard and that we talked about and the KPIs mm -hmm. or KBIs and starts allowing you to work through those numbers. And by the way- Does it produce that dashboard for you? Yeah, it has dashboards. Uh, the, the concept of the smart numbers I talked about, we basically use Power BI to put uh, that data that we were talking about, the scorecard mm -hmm. data in the Power BI and um, allows us to chart it, um, look at trends, um, compare ourselves to my other peers. Um, so we use it in my peer group so we can see all the, all the companies, what everybody's numbers are, how we're trending, and we talk through those numbers and, and what's driving them. Wow. Uh, and the best part about all these tools, Matt, they're actually included in your Microsoft Office right. 5 subscription. All you know, if you if you have one of the higher level subscriptions, you're probably already own them and paying for them. You just have to leverage them. You know, that's interesting, is is um the whole the whole um you know dashboard. I got into that years ago and kind of the that for those of you who, who are you listening or, or viewing on YouTube, yeah, the dashboard is is not uh, the the thing in your car I'm talking about, right? It is actually um, generally speaking, it's a web page that pulls in data and charts that are somehow automated or integrated with the things that you want to track. So you could literally create a dashboard in um, Google Data, for example, or Power BI, like Roger's talking about, of how many emails you received in a day. That's a very easy thing to do. And so you could actually look at a dashboard that showed how many emails you received in a day. Not that that is of any value to you, but that's an example of what you could use it with. And so you, many companies will use a dashboard to show and report sales across the company for the previous day or the previous week or the previous month. And it can quickly show you the health of your company if you're tracking the right data. But where some of this stuff really comes in well and where it ties into the CEO or peer advisory groups that Roger was talking about 
is when you mix your data with other people's data, you can see how you're trending. And then if you're below standard, you can start asking questions about how to get that to standard, right? Because that's the, that's the goal here. The goal isn't to determine, oh, you know, my data is lower. I suck. That's not what this is about. It's about improving. The reason you're in the peer group or the CEO group is to improve. And so let me also be clear that there's a difference between a CEO group and a peer group, right? A CEO group is CEOs, people running companies. Perhaps they're, they're all the owners of solopreneurs. That could also be called a CEO group. A peer group is when the decision maker in a company meets with other decision makers in the exact same industry companies. And so many times there are, there are people that won't join these peer groups because they're afraid of competition. They want to join a CEO group instead because they don't want to have a competitor in the group. But you're not there to sell anything. You're there to grow your business. And, and one thing I, I recommend, Matt, is that when you're looking for a peer group or even a CEO group, Try to make it so that you're the smallest one um, in that group, that that you're learning from people that have already gone through things that you're trying to go through, right? So Did I ever want- tell you I was in a CEO group uh, and I was the only guy who wasn't making $200,000 a year? And that was purposeful, Roger. Yeah. Like, it's exactly what you're saying. I'm like, okay, I'm not making two hundred grand. All these people are. I'm joining this group. So that I can make two hundred grand a year, like that's literally what you're talking about. Right, like you- surround yourself with people that are smarter than you or have gone through it with you, so you're getting advice from them to help you grow. If yeah. you're the, if you're, you know, making the the only one making five hundred thousand and everyone else is making a hundred thousand in that group, that's not the right group for you. You need to be in the one that of everybody yeah. that's making a million. And, so you and to your point million. too, right? So if you get the people to say. Um, you know, you get the people who have been ahead of you, right? That, that, you, that they've been ahead of you by years. They're, they've dealt with the problem that you're about to deal with and you don't know you're about to deal with. Right. Right. So if they're four years ahead of you, right, um, then you're about to deal with that challenge. You know, I've heard it say over and over again. I think even... Even our producer, Heather, mentioned it about her dad, that he always said, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Right. And when you hire people, make sure you're hiring people that are smarter than you. You want to surround yourself with smart people. All day. You want to be the dumbest person in the room. I'm telling you right now, you're not dumb. You just want to be the dumbest. Like, like, so here's the thing about that. Like, when you, such a value add right there, Roger. When you hire people, hire people smarter than you. And that's why it's difficult to find. You asked me my biggest challenge. It's really mm. difficult to find really good. Is, is it difficult to find people <laughs> that are smarter than you? That is, it is it's tough for you, isn't it? It's really tough. No, I mean, in all seriousness aside, you. you it's, 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 now, really let's be clear. We're talking about the, um, hire people smarter than you, not hire the smart asses. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so. <laughs> So, so this is the thing though, and this is important. And, and there's a, there's a, there's a thing about this. You hire the person smarter than you, than you 
in their zone of genius. Yeah. So they don't need to be smarter from a CEO perspective or smarter from a numbers perspective if they're an engineer, if they're a coder, if they're a developer, if they're a software engineer, a tech engineer, a support specialist, right? What you want to do is hire the best CPA possible, the best numbers of person for accounting possible. They're super smart in that area and they're going to help you. But they might not be the ba- the best decision makers when it comes to hiring. That's for the HR person, right? And then when it comes to the tech, you want to hire the smartest people on the tech. Those people are going to be horrible about organization and or numbers and finances. You're not looking. Remember to keep it in the zone of genius when you're hiring these people. Sometimes when you're looking for somebody, even if it's just one, you're, you're a solopreneur and you want to add the next person. Hiring a jack of all trades is not the best decision to make. It's just not the best decision because the, they're not going to be an expert at anything. And that's going to hurt the business. You want an expert to come in in a very vertical position to help you grow in that way. That's the way to do it, folks. That's the way to do it. Um Roger, it's been great having you on the show. I, oh, yeah. I love every minute of it. And 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 what I love more is over the 10 plus years we've known each other, we've had absolute countless conversations about business. Right. There isn't a single time we get together that we're not text messaging, instant messaging, calling each other on the phone. And we're like, hey, what's going on? What's the update? Oh, by the way, how about this business thing or that business thing? We're well, always Roger and I. Roger and I years ago, we bought land in the Cayman Islands and we flipped it. I'm telling you, people, it's the craziest thing, and we, you never know where things are going to happen. From. The, the other and day, I, we were at Dunkin' Donuts and we were having horrible service, and you and I re-engineered <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts prospect. That was the most ridiculous thing ever. By the way, it was like. How does this even happen? Like literally. Um, and you go to Dunkin's every day. So you know how it should run. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like when you close the lobby door and lock it at Dunkin Donuts, because you have, you have not enough staff and too much business and you're serving the coffee orders wrong. This is not a staffing issue. This is a process issue. I mean, there wasn't even hardly any lines. I'm not sure they heard it. We fixed it, but they didn't want to hear about it. Yeah. Um, And and so these are the beautiful things. Like, and these, it's so funny because that lesson about Dunkin' Donuts actually parlays into business. And like, you start to think, your brain starts to think about, about what's wrong in your own business, in your own process, that you can just tweak one thing. We are constantly, Heather and I are constantly tweaking small little things about this podcast, right? The things we do, the things we say, the way we book guests, the way we reach out to guests, we're constantly making small tweaks. And that's what being in business is all about. And whether you're using traction or profit first or peer groups, or CEO groups, or conferences, all the things that Roger talked about, just remember, make small tweaks. That's a way that you can constantly be making progress in your business. Roger, I love our conversations all the time. It's always fun talking to you. 
And I can't wait to uh, to talk to you again. I'm sure it'll be tomorrow or the next day like we always do. We're always conversing. Um, for those people that are interested in learning more, if they want to reach out and learn about how you implement traction or Profit First or whatever, I know you're more than willing to share. But also if they want to reach out and learn more about your company being MC as an MSP, perhaps maybe because they want to do business with you or maybe they want to network with you and do referrals. How can they find you? Where can they go find you? So you can absolutely go to our website, which is www.bnmc.net. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn. So I'm, I'm you know, Roger Michelson, um, you know, at LinkedIn. Um, and that's kind of, um, and you can also send me an email. My email is Roger, R-O-G-E-R, at bnmc.net. And, and I, I love networking and, and, and reaching out to people. Yeah, so we'll make sure all that's in the show notes, including the link to his LinkedIn, link to the website, link to the email. Uh, feel free to reach out to him. Uh, we greatly appreciate you listening. Make sure that uh, you subscribe on that favorite podcast app of yours and that you smash that subscribe button and notification button on YouTube. We're looking for more subscribers for sure. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening. And as I always say, don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. I'm waking up this morning, gonna grab myself a smile. Thank you for listening to the Mass Business Podcast, where we focus on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. Don't forget to like on your favorite platform and share out this podcast. This show has been produced by Heather Grant, music by Celtic Kelly, all rights reserved. I'm your host, professional speaker, author, and word-of-mouth referral consultant, Matt Ward. Don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high-five everyone around you. Feeling all right.